0: There are a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL Draft this year. My name is Ben Solak, and I host the Ringer NFL Draft Show with Danny Kelly, Danny Heifetz, and Greg Horbeck. We cover trades, free agency, and the draft, which is, yeah, obviously. We'll tell you about everything, which includes which quarterbacks are good, which quarterbacks are bad, and which quarterbacks are just Kirk Cousins. That is the Ringer NFL Draft Show. Search the Ringer NFL Draft Show on Spotify.
1: And for that, you deserve an ice cold reward because you are a fighter and modello is your reward. Modello, the mark of a fighter. Shop delivery or pickup options near you at ordermodello.com. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome. To extra point. Hey, Thank you, here, joined by Ben Solak. No games this weekend. What do we do? No props, no picks, no long shots. We're still here. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about coaching hires. All eight openings, Solak, have been filled. We have a series. It is straightforward. It is the little abbreviated pod. Five questions, superlatives, however you want to frame them, about these new hires. What do we think about them? That's the show today. That's it. What do you think, Solak? You ready for this?
0: Uh, I'm ready for it. I love the suggestion that there are there are no props this week. I, you are not trying hard enough, my friend. There are plenty of props. We got Super Bowl props coming out. Yeah, initial uh, overruns. We got to put on the draft props coming out. No props <laughs> coming out. Oh, no, 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 no. There's
1: props. All right, there are props, but you cannot win money on them this weekend. Is that correct? Unless not, you're betting a different sport.
0: Not this show. Not not this is the yeah, not this Friday show. Okay. This Friday show's taken and taking a new direction.
1: There we go. Uh, before we get started, Here's what I want you to do. Pause, pause the pod recording. Go to YouTube. Go to Ringer NFL. Subscribe. You're aware
0: people, you're where the pod can play in the background while you go to a different app, right? You don't leave just no, Spotify. No, no
1: no. No, okay. no, no, We don't want people like you trying to do seven things at once and then not paying attention to two of them. I want you to do it like me. Focus on what you're doing. <laughs> task at hand. <laughs> pause the show. Go to YouTube. Ringer NFL. We're going to be doing a lot more video content, already stuff out there. The play sheet from Benny Souls is on there. We're going to have next week from the Super Bowl, full video podcast. You can watch the entire thing. You can watch, you know, Solak's wild reactions. When he makes those noises that you hear, you can see what his face looks like. I mean, who doesn't want to see that? So go subscribe to that page. Uh, going to be a lot of fun. We'll be adding a lot more stuff there. All right, let's get yeah. to it. Eight coaching hires, okay? Washington Commanders Dan Quinn. Seattle Seahawks, Mike McDonald, Atlanta Falcons, Raheem Morris, Carolina Panthers, Dave Canales, Los Angeles Chargers, Jim Harbaugh, Tennessee Titans, Brian Callahan, Las Vegas Raiders, Antonio Pierce, and then New England Patriots, Gerard Mayo, a quarter of the league turned over their head coaches this offseason. So here are the questions we have. Let's start with number one. Now, before we get into this, Ben, I do have to say, because predicting what coaches are going to be good is maybe the hardest thing in like the NFL analysis. Yeah, I mean, you go back and you look at any of these grades or rankings, best hires, worst hires, and I've had my name uh, on some of them over the years, don't get me wrong, and you will be completely, completely wrong. So we're just letting you know that. So don't get mad if we rip your coaching hire and then a year from now, that person's in the Super Bowl. Speaking of which, first question, coach in this cycle, Ben, most likely to win a Super Bowl in the next three seasons? Who do you got?
0: Yeah, I wanted to be more spicy than this, but I think the answer is Jim Harbaugh with with, with the Chargers. And this is, uh, of the guys who got new jobs, the best quarterback on those teams is unquestionably Justin Herbert, right? Like that's, that's your best quarterback situation, period. And I think that's your greatest predictor of Super Bowl attendance if we want to argue that coaching quality is also a strong predictor of super bowl attendance which i would jim has been there previously so i've got a decent argument that he's got got, got that caliber as well now that that chargers roster is obviously like decimated and and oh they got nobody on defense and they're old and they're aging and that's true but like in the same way that predicting head coach quality is uh a, a, it can be a fool's errand rosters can change really fast man they can like you ask ask the 2023 Detroit Lions, what hitting on one draft does for you, man. And obviously, like they had four top 40 picks, right? Like, the, the Chargers don't have that level of draft capital, but you just got to run hot. And then all of a sudden, you have maybe not a perfect Los Angeles
1: perfect. Rams, right? Right in their right. backyard is a good yeah. example.
0: Yeah, So you, you, you got to run hot in a couple of picks. And all of a sudden, you have the cornerstones that are necessary to, to make a run. Um, we're giving Harbaugh here three years. I went and I looked in, in, in 2020. CBS Sports wrote a piece about coaches who made the Super Bowl in their first year on the job. And on that list is, is uh, George Seifert, who inherited Joe Montana for the Niners in the 80s. You have Jim Caldwell, who, who inherited Peyton Manning in the mid 2000s. You have Bill Callahan, uh, who's the Raiders offensive coordinator, who inherited Rich Gannon, right? Like, if you just step into a spot where there's already a really good established coach, you can get to the game pretty quick. Uh, and so I think Harbaugh is, I want it to be like Dave Canales, but no, nah, it's Harbaugh. It's got to be Harbaugh.
1: I went with Harbaugh too. Yeah, sorry. I I, I think we're going to disagree on some of these for sure. I don't like when we agree on everything, but it, it's, I mean, you, you laid it out. I mean, here you have uh, by far the best quarterback of any of these eight teams, and you have a coach who has been very successful everywhere he's gone, including at the NFL level. Like this is, there, there's a lot of unknown, a lot of uncertainty with new head coaching hires. We're going to talk about some of them specifically first time Head coaches. I mean, Jim Harbaugh has been an excellent NFL head coach. I think the you know the biggest question for me with Jim Harbaugh is always going to be like, how long will it last? You know, like will there? Eh? Yep. And it lasted a long time in Michigan, so I do want to make sure that's clear. But just in the NFL, where it's you, it's a general manager. There are different um, power dynamics at play. That's what we saw in San Francisco when he was there previously. You know, is this somebody who can be the Chargers head coach for the next? Eight to 10 years? Or is this more of a, hey, let's, you know, next three to five years, uh, it's kind of your time to pounce. And then who knows after that? Uh, this was funny from v- via uh, my friend Daniel Popper at The Athletic. So like, I don't Popper. know if you saw this, but this is from his story. Uh, it might have seemed like a passing joke when Harbaugh said he got fulfillment out of heading to Home Depot and buying a shop back to use on remodeling the weight room at the Chargers Orange County facility. But I'm told that was no joke. Harbaugh actually went to Home Depot first thing Wednesday morning to buy that shop vac. So of course the Chargers are moving into a new facility. They're not in the new facility yet. So while they're in the old facility, Harbaugh wants to do some remodeling. How are you? I, I literally, uh, I'm not lying here. I do not know what a shop vac is. What is oh, a shop vac?
0: Uh, you know those those uh big cylindrical uh vacuums? They plug into the wall and they have like a big long black tube at the end. You can walk around. You can. You can va- Instead of, like, a, a household vacuum, which is, like, designed to pull really fine dust, a shop vac is designed to pull, like, sawdust or, like, offcuts really, really fast, like, at, mm-hmm. a, at a quick level. So, it's, a, it's your cleanup tool. If you saw a picture of a shop vac, you would be like, oh, that thing.
1: I mean, what an answer. I mean, you have given me... Listen, we've been doing this for, what, two-plus years? That might be your most... You came in. Did you just, like... Were you doing shop-back research this morning? Do you have experience with a shop-back? What was that answer? You're like the new Bob Vila. You probably don't even know who that is. The new Al Borland. You probably don't even know who that is.
0: Nope. I hope those are good. Uh, when, I, when I'm not, when my objective is not riling you up with football hipster takes, I can be very concise and clear. It's just in this in, in, in this after <laughs> hour I instead go for convoluted and annoying. All right, it's a stylistic choice, and one that right. I've committed to in my career, and I will remain rigid on it.
1: I like this. So in the future, if you're rambling, I'm going to be like, dude, just give me the shop back answer. I don't need the to know the ten minute uh, back. I don't do anything uh, around the house, as listeners know. I can mow the lawn. I can I I can do a little leaf blower. I can do a little edging, and even that's not that good. That is the extent to which I use any type of uh, machinery. Uh, inside or outside the house. So I'm not I lying I got a shot back shot for back.
0: Christmas two years ago. Good shot back. Look at you.
1: There you go. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. Now, have you
0: done a mock draft yet, uh, Sola? Uh, I haven't Tried done a just have mock. that fifth overall I, uh, pick? Okay. Yeah, I haven't done a real mock. I've done some back of the napkin stuff.
1: Okay. Wide receiver, offensive tackle, maybe there or no?
0: Yeah. So everybody wants wide receiver because the big names right now are the top three quarterbacks, which is Caleb Williams out of USC, Drake May at a UNC, and then Jaden Daniels out of LSU. And then after that, there's wide receivers, right? Obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr. out of Ohio State, but also Malik Nabors out of LSU is going to be a very hot name. Robin Dunze, who won the bullet in the out of Washington, he's going to be a real hot name. So Chargers need a receiver. There's a receiver. It's great. I personally think it, needs, it should be tackle. Uh Slater is great at, along the left side. That right side of the line has been an issue every single season that Justin Herbert has been playing for the team. It is frustrating. It is. It, and they have been trying to develop at that position and, and they've given youth the opportunity to get better and it has led to Herbert getting sacked on like you know like all the the herbert could have won two minute drives into the fourth quarter comeback drives they all end because they're in clear pass situations and they can't protect off the right side and herbert takes shot after shot to shine shot, he's got rib injuries he's had throwing arm injuries like i would want to steal up protection joe all at notre dame olu fashanu out of uh out of penn state some really good tackles in this class so i lean tackle but wide receivers there too
1: and for what it's worth, it's an introductory press conference, but Harbaugh did hammer home the point that we are built like priority number one is to make sure this offensive line is shorter. And they, you know, to be fair, they've tried that. They've poured resources into that offensive line, but now they have questions with Corey Lindsley potentially retiring the issues you mentioned there uh, at right tackle. And so that's something they absolutely need to address. I will point out 2021, you know, they were fifth in offensive DVOA. Like this has, there have been times. During this Herbert era, it hasn't happened every year. Maybe not to the point that the you know hype warrants, but they have had a tremendous offense for at least one season since he's been there. That's what they got to get back to. Yep. Like you mentioned, fifth overall pick, thirty seventh overall pick. Like they have a chance here. It's not you know like I'm not saying it's going to happen this year, but man, all of a sudden you hit on those. Maybe one more draft in 2025. You know I think they could make the playoffs in 2024. But if we're saying Super Bowl. I think most likely they probably would need one more offseason. You need the injury luck. You need all the stuff that the Chargers typically do not get. So Chargers fans, Eddie, if you're listening here, uh, Eduardo Campo, our great you know video production, and you're saying Sh- shut your mouth. This isn't going to happen. Stop jinxing us again. Uh, I understand it, but I think Harbaugh is the yeah. right answer there. Just to be just just for um, for fun, if if I said you have to pick someone other than Jim Harbaugh on this list, I didn't prep you for this one. Who would you have there? I'll, I can answer first if you want a second. I, I, have, I,
0: have a, I, have a, I have a name. I have a okay. guy that I was, Go like ahead. I, said, I, was, I was trying to make it Dave Canales. I don't actually think it's Dave Canales. If I had to guess, I would say it's, it's Mike McDonald with Seattle. Again, going to your, your quarterback theorem, I think the, the guy who has the best quarterback right now is Justin Herbert. I think the second best is Geno. Uh, and, and that can change. Like obviously, Dan Quinn's going to get the second overall pick. Antonio Pierce's Raiders might trade up. Like Who knows? Um, but in, right now, I would say the second best quarterback is Geno. I think that McDonald also showed you in Baltimore, hey, give me a year and a half and I can flip a defense pretty quick. And that's also something that I think is meaningful for the Chargers. Their DC, uh, Harbaugh brought in Jesse Minter, who was the DC in Michigan. I think this was a really good call. Uh, Minter is, is uh, the first branch off of the Mike McDonald tree. Uh, and with what you saw with McDonald in Baltimore, is he said, hey, give me a good Mike backer. Give me really versatile safeties. I'll figure out corner and edge. Don't worry about it. I'll just get some guys off the street. We'll make this work. Don't worry about that. I need those positions, and then I can make my defense work. And that is, if Minter can follow that blueprint, not only is that very impressive, this defense has been excellent, it's also the sort of thing where it's really hard to go get elite corners. It's really hard to go get elite edges. It's hard to go find those guys because teams will let them go. Really good linebackers? You can go get them because teams, teams you know, that's a lower-valued position. Safety, I think, is starting to catch up a little bit, but like, ask the Jets how they got Quincy Williams. They just waited for the Jaguars to cut him and then made him into an all pro right? Like, you can you can personnel-wise actually flip <laughs> that defense over, I think, pretty quickly. So if Minters got the McDonald goods, I think that's a big deal for the Chargers. But I think McDonald can be a huge boost to that Seahawks defense fast. I think that defense has talent, and they just weren't deployed super great last season. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Seattle gets better faster than we expect.
1: All right. I don't know if I agree with your positional stuff there, but I'm going to table that for a later conversation. We have an off-season of podcasts uh, to get Jesse to. So Bates, writing a note, free agency, go line, get you a safety, li- baby. Li- li- linebacker conversation with Solak, maybe somewhere around like the second week of April. All right, no, you'll be doing draft May. No, you'll be paternity leave. All right, we'll figure. So at some point, we'll talk about line. We do a lot of podcasts.
0: We're going to get to it.
1: <laughs> I would say Dan. I-, I would go Dan Quinn because I think there's a chance mm-hmm. you hit on a quarterback who's. Really good right away. Maybe not CJ Stroud right away, but by year two, you really have something. You have some pieces there uh, on that team. So if I had to pick a second one, I would go with Dan Quinn. All right. Second question. Most likely to be won and done. Again, this is the one that's most likely to be thrown back in our face when this coach ends up being good. But what do you have? Most likely coach where you say he's just lasting one year.
0: I have Dan Quinn. Yeah. Would you, would you, would you really? Hear, okay. Yeah. Well, here's, here's the thing. I would be like, there's a couple of guys who the, the one and done's are weird. It's very rare to see a young coach get a one and done. Usually like if he's the first time head coach and he, get, and he gets a year and it's not great and everything, like okay, he's building it up. Like, you know, well, let, let's let him figure it out. Right? Like, usually it's like guys who are retreads, guys who have been around It's their second opportunity where you, you bring them in to be like a CEO, sort of a type and immediately the vibes are bad. And that person uh, is one and done. Think Lovey Smith. Think David Culley. Think Urban Meyer. Think Frank Wright. Right. So accordingly, like I don't think your Dave Canales and your and your your uh, uh, um, Gerard Mayo's have like a chance of being one. of your Mike McDonald's like that would surprise me. Antonio Pierce one and done like that doesn't make any sense to be like let's promote Antonio Pierce as in the interim. Let's get rid of him this year. Like maybe Pierce if it's like tectonically bad. But with Quinn, Quinn's been a head coach before, right? Quinn's been here for a long time, and defensively, Quinn was I think really really good the last few seasons for the Cowboys overall. But they're certainly kind of hiring him on a down downtrend relative to like an uptrend of, of the last couple of years. You brought up that second overall pick. It's e- I can see a world where a second overall pick is crazy good. Dan Quinn handles the defense. Defense gets a lot better faster, and then the, the commanders are a lot more respectable than they were previously. and And we're feeling good about the Dan Quinn area. He hires Chip Kelly as his OC. Hires some cool OC, and 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 they start doing some good stuff. Right. I can also see a world where that second overall pick is good, and that OC is good, but the defensive side of the ball. It is not what you wanted from Dan Quinn, right? We got to remember this team traded away their two stop star edge rushers, and Montez Sweat to Chicago, Chase Young to the Niners, and is now going to run a Dan Quinn defense. What? I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I like that. This team drafted a corner, top uh, top sixteen, Emmanuel Forbes out of Mississippi State, who could not stay on the field for them. They benched him because of the quality of play. Now going Dan Quinn defense, well, well, mad coverage. I don't know. <laughs> How I feel about this this marriage here this this defensive roster is not equipped to do what Dan Quinn has historically asked his defenses to do. So I also can see worlds where Quinn walks in and the Commanders' defense is like bottom five and stays bottom five and just like clearly a bad unit. They they, they there's not a marriage from scheme or talent at all. They're asking guys to do things they're not capable of doing. And meanwhile, Drake Mays out there looking good but fighting an uphill battle and 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 losing games twenty eight to thirty five. And ownership says. Sh- shoot, like we have a golden goose here, we have a guy that everybody would love to come coach. Let's make a fast transition get a really good offensive coach in here. Like, for example, I don't know, pull a name out of a hat, Ben Johnson, who's the guy the commanders wanted all along. So I think there's some Dan and Quinn one and done worlds.
1: All right. Uh, yeah, I would agree they're high variance. And also, I mean, you even painted the picture there where the quarterback they draft is good. Uh, like, that's what, 50-50 proposition? Like, the quarterback, as much as we're going to fall in love with all these guys... Uh, In the next couple months here, we know that a lot of them just don't end up working out. So I understand that one. I went with two names who you said you don't see. One is Dave Canales. Uh, That's for two reasons. But the main one is the owner. I mean, the owner is a wild card. What, you're buying the David Tepper's all, then now all of a sudden gonna be uh, staying out of the way and like we're stable
0: Dave, and we're Dave, good with- Dave Tepper cannot pay a fourth head coach contract.
1: Sure he can. What do you tell the guy? The guy has more money than we, anyone could ever dream of. What do you mean he okay. can't
0: pay I, a guy? Are re- you nuts? That's very accurate. I'll rephrase. <laughs> Dave Tepper is financially capable of paying a fourth head coaching contract. Dave, the idea of Dave Tepper paying a fourth head coaching contract, which for those who don't know what we're talking about, when you fire a coach, uh, he, he, he continues to make the money on his deal. The only way he stops making that money on his deal is if he goes and takes another equivalent job somewhere in the field. And even then, you have to pay on top. And so he is paying Matt Rule. He fired Matt Rule. Matt Rule being the head coach of Nebraska. But he still owes money to Matt Rule. So Like if, if Rule's owed seven from the Panthers and Nebraska's giving him five, he's got to give him the, the remaining two. He also owes Frank Reich all the money on his deal. And I would wager Frank Reich is not going to work a job at all, which means he has to pay Frank Reich his full contract, all right, mm, to just sit at first home. First team all CTC and, and right lie, there. Baby. Nice job, Frank gauge all fly fishing, all right. A good deal <laughs> for Frank Reich. And he has to pay Dave Canales. So he's paying three head coaches right now. I think that, that I would be shocked if Steppers is really, uh, you know, bite, chomping at the bit to go h- pay a fourth coach next season. I think they hired Canales to be a young developmental guy. So I, that would surprise me.
1: Listen, Canales has potential. He could be very good. I liked what he did. This is a rapid rise type coach. When you look at the last, you know, few years, he he was an offensive coordinator for one year, and now he's the head coach uh, of your franchise. So I would not, you know, Tepper has had three in-season coach firings. Like I'm not ruling anything out with David Tepper if that goes badly. And then the other factor with the Panthers would be Bryce Young. I mean, if Bryce Young just doesn't have it, uh, I I like Bryce Young, but if he looks like the player we saw in 2023. Now you have all kinds of organizational questions. Now maybe it would just be, all right, we got to restart this thing with Canales and like we're getting way too far down the road, but I think those things are possible. This was a, another little nugget that I like. This was from Joe Person of The Athletic. He wrote, the Panthers owner hired an outside consulting firm to help conduct a thorough search and landed on an in-house candidate for GM hired off a two and 15 season. And that guy's former colleague as head coach in a hiring cycle with eight coaching vacancies and five GM openings, Canales and Dan Morgan's only interviews were with the Carolina Panthers. So, that's mm-hmm. good, good, you know, that's it, he has points. I'm not saying they can't work out, but he has points there. They also have no first round pick and then the other one I had written down was Antonio Pierce. I mean, you mentioned on a previous pod the history of interim coaches being hired is not good. They're going off of nine games. Now, I understand the hiring. I hope it works out. I like the energy of that team in the second half of the season, but nothing is a given. It's a totally different thing to start over beginning of a season. And how does this look with Antonio Pierce as your head coach? They have no obvious answer. At quarterback, they hired Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator. I personally don't love that. Maybe Cliff Kingsbury has changed and he's going to be great. The version of Cliff Kingsbury I saw with the Arizona Cardinals, that guy is not the best option to be your new offensive coordinator. So, um, I don't know if Jim Harbaugh wanted to go to Vegas this offseason. Is Antonio Pierce the, co- the head coach? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. So, it's just something I would keep in mind there. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll get to some more of the superlative. <laughs>
0: Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate with FanDuel, America's number one sports book If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some Super Bowl bets. Two that I like early doors, Chiefs plus two and a half. I think they win this game, to be honest. And I do like Isaiah Pacheco to go over his rushing yards total at 67.5. Fandle has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but Fanduel also has bets for who will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. If you're new to Fandle, join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets when you win your first $5 bet. Just visit fanduelcom slash to sign up. That's Fandle.com slash Ringer NFL. Make every moment more with Fandle, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call one hundred gambler or visit TheRinger.com slash RG. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as an withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm personal price plan can help you do just that.
1: All right, we are back on extra point taken. Next one, Solak. Most Mm -hmm. likely to still be coaching the team 10 years from now. That's a long time, Uh, 10 years. You know, we're talking Tomlin territory, Carroll territory, Harbaugh territory, Bellet. Like, there's, there's not a lot. There's a handful of guys that last this long. Typically doesn't happen. Who's the guy you could see, you know, when Papa Solak? Is looking at his eleven kids like Philip Rivers. Well, I am um, all right. That would let's be a math- mathematically math, speaking, right? yeah. <laughs> twins happened. <laughs> no. at the very all much. right. <laughs> when so just let's just say ten years from now, I'm going to abandon that. Whatever I was trying to say there. Who is the coach you could stay still coaching their team ten years? I thought from
0: now? you were referring to Papa Solak, like my <laughs> dad looking upon his grandkids, and I was like, yeah, kind of. Whatever. Okay. I mean. All right. Yeah, that's yeah, better. Yeah, yeah, I like, like that. We're, Papa we're, Solak we're, looking down on his eleven kids. We're the car grandkids. under control uh i'm gonna just right this is an impossible one this is the most it, you can't even remotely predict this i'm gonna say on mayo uh why not mm. right the the patriots often like known for coaching stability but i guess when the coach is winning like all of the super bowls it's not really coaching stability he's just the best but they had Belichick there for a long time like i i, I don't know at all what their line length is going to be like they might actually have a quick hook uh, on on mayo if they feel like it's not working maybe they they, they do want to give him time to develop because they've kept him in the building and they've given him contracts to retain him. And they've, they've kind of made him the, the prince in the heir apparent. They've very clearly wanted this guy to be the guy. And so I think they feel like they're invested in him. I also like when I go and think of uh, what makes a guy be able to hang around for this long. Firstly, I think like having like a unique energy for and a love for the the job, like for the role, like if you just think about Pete Carroll and what he like the way that kind of Seattle ended up being built around him. Even like Andy Reid is like a little bit more of a quiet guy, but still just like an unbelievable love for like the, the game and doing the thing. Think about Mike Tomlin and the way that building's been built around him. Like you you, you have to really have like a, a, a dynamic. Firebrand's the wrong words. It's not always like rah-rah, sis-boom-bah stuff, but it's just a, a magnetism of a personality, right? In order to like stay in one building for that long, right? When, when Carol was, was let like, go oh, from the Seahawks, there was that, that quote that went around. I think it was Ron Wolf who said like, you should never have a head coach more than 10 years because it just starts to get stale. Like it just, it, even if they're good, it just starts, everything starts to get route and routine and kind of, you know, entrenched in, in, in its niches and its grooves. Uh, and so it, it's hard to to be in a place like this for that long. Uh, but I, Mayo to me, when, when I, when I see him talk, when I hear him talk, when I hear the, way the players talk about him, when, when I see the way he behaves, like he reads to me as the sort of guy who could establish for himself a presence in new England that, we'll we'll keep him there for a decade now the last guy who stayed in new england for that long was winning every other super bowl and so the problem is that the the expectations are toweringly high right like it it, mayo could be the sort of guy who deserves to stay but there's just going to be antsiness in new england to get rid of him because the the last guy when he was here for six years had already won four. you know like it's like it's yeah belichick sets a really high bar so you're going up against that i think that makes things really challenging i i'm really interested in 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 mayo's staff Mayo's coaching hires where it's like again internal DC hires so they're going to keep doing the same defensive stuff which is great but then Alex Van Pelt at OC is the most like okay thing I've ever seen ever like it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm not like I'm not like Cliff where I'm like I don't like this I'm just like okay Alex Van Pelt sure uh and so I don't really know what that's going to look like so this is an impossible one I'm saying Mayo cuz I like Mayo final answer uh
1: yeah I, I Mayo sort of the, I'm glad you mentioned him because he's sort of the forgotten guy. He was hired so early. And it's kind of to like me, the well, forgotten that,
0: guy is Antonio Pierce. I keep forgetting that he looks like he oh, was really? the coach last year. So every time I have like,
1: another guy who is a forgotten yeah. guy who we haven't even mentioned yet, who maybe, you know, in the next couple of questions, uh, we will get to. But uh yeah, I mean we we'll see that roster stink. So it's like this isn't gonna be a quick turnaround for the Patriots. We'll see if they draft Jaden Daniels or what they do at quarterback there at number three. But like that thing is gonna uh take some time. So uh, I think that's a good one, but you know, yeah, you never want to replace like legend, you know, life lesson for the young kids that you want to replace the train wreck, you want to replace the Urban Meyer, the Joe Judge, the Matt Patricia, you know, mm-hmm. go in expectations are low, Josh Harris replacing Dan Snyder, that's what you want to do in life. You don't want to go in and have to re- You're right. I mean, if they don't three years, if they don't win, like you know, if they're not in an AFC championship, it's gonna be like what's you know happen. But it's like that. That's gonna be hard for them to do. So that's a good one. I went with Mike McDonald for. This one McDonald is 36 years old, uh, has shown an ability to be creative, innovative on defense. Obviously I think he'll be, you know, coming from that Ravens organization. I'm thinking he'll be analytically sound, be good with the game management stuff. It really is hard to find. Now this always makes me nervous. Like I haven't heard anyone really knock Mike, like I haven't heard a single criticism of Mike McDonald in any way. That might just mean he's very well liked and one, you know, like a normal person, which is rare for an NFL uh, head coach, but everybody just seems to be in agreement that this is a kind of a home run hire for the Seattle Seahawks. And I like it a lot too. So uh, if if I'm, you know, nitpicking, I would say, all right, I don't know too much about his leadership, his ability to delegate, all those other Mm -hmm. things that... Are associated with being a head coach that maybe we forget about. But I think he has a chance to be, you know, really good in Seattle. Now, it's similar to New England, where you're replacing a guy who was a legend there, uh, who had a lot of success in Pete Carroll. And that one's even trickier because, like, the players loved Pete Carroll. Like, you had, you know, there is a bar to clear there where the players are like, I'm happy that we have a new coach. Now, again, everything I hear about McDonald is like, no, no. The players love him. The coaches love him. His colleagues love him. His opponents respect him. He's innovative. He's collaborative. He's uh, on the cutting edge. Like it's it's everything you want in a head coach. So uh, I think that one has a chance to be a long-lasting relationship in Seattle. Again, acknowledging that we have no idea, and I could be completely wrong about that. So there you go.
0: Yeah. So right, right, it's a, it's another legend replacement, which makes it right uh, the tricky thing. Right. But I, my first thought for this was McDonald, and then I was like, I like Mayo, and like whatever this. You, on your point of, like, I can't hear anybody say something bad about him. Yeah, I. You I agree? Okay. Yeah, I. Well, I. One of the things, like, I was in Mobile when this hire happened, right? Like, we went from day one, Ben Johnson is going to the Commanders, like, you know, this kind of whatever. Like, Seahawks have just decided to interview McDonald. To like by the d- the day I left, like, he's already there, and we're getting OC rumors, right? Like, McDonald thing moved faster for last week, so he was like the guy, and everybody that you talked to, you were like, Mike. And it's just like, yeah, like, everybody is convinced this is the dude, like, like, all right, like, this is the next one. And and I think that his vibe reads differently to me than like the Staley vibe coming out, where a lot of the Staley vibe coming out was like, this guy's doing revolutionary things on the board. And then I think when Staley struggled in the charges, it was because A, he wasn't doing revolutionary things on the board, but also be like the other aspects of the job, CEO management and roster management, whatever. Mike, it's not about doing revolutionary stuff on the board. It's just about like how he teaches, about how he behaves, how he leads. Like that's the sort of stuff that, that you hear about him. So I know a lot of people feel Brandon Staley burned. Like the last young, really cool defensive coordinator guy was bad. I would remind you that like D'Amico just took the Texans playoffs in year one. And a huge part of that is because Digo's like an insanely good defensive coach who really improved that unit. But then also like it was the way that he taught and the way that he led Christian Harris on the sideline, telling you how you're gonna get a pick in this game right now mcdonald reads more, way more to me like a domico than he does like a staley
1: i would agree with that i think i agree with that yeah all right uh number four most likely to be a great broadcaster post coaching you know we just wanna well, there's a lot, a lot of broadcast talk out there it's gonna be a lot of broadcast talk next week with tony romo uh doing the super bowl who is the guy you say all right if coaching doesn't work out don't worry you'll still have a good life you're going to be you're going to be very good at broadcasting you're going to get paid handsomely and it's all going to mm-hmm. work out for
0: you so the correct answer here is jim harbaugh you can just see jim harbaugh on a broadcast just going just going nuts running around saying ridiculous things that don't make sense to anybody veiled. Studio
1: or like color are you are you saying doing games or in the studio or uh, is he he, like I what, think what like, role i think
0: i think like studio i think he's like <laughs> Uh, like the the Rex Ryan mold where he's on ESPN at 9 a.m. on get up just being like you know they played Patrick Mahomes and they ran cover two I would have died before I ran cover two I hate cover two and I would here's what I would do and then 19 different schemes and then he's like running around yelling like his glasses are falling off and Mike Greenberg's laughing at him just like zany crazy coach but who also like provides very good color and also like clearly hates 19 percent of the league like that is the Harbaugh mold I would love to see Harbaugh on, on a studio show however already gave harbaugh for one i'm saying dave canales one handsome Mm -hmm. man good looking fella dave canales is two that clip of him explaining stuff right where you're watching and you're like ah i get this i do football now he's very good communicator and canales the thing is like you have to be a better you have to be a good coach for you have to be a coach for longer in order to get i think like enough juice enough name recognition to be a broadcast guy so he's not going to be on like the bill cower arc or like the Rex Ryan arc where like he was a coach for a bajillion years. I think he's more gonna be on the Jason Garrett arc. He's just gonna hold the Panthers job for a while and everyone like and then it's going to end, and no one is gonna be like, let me go hire Dave Canalis. And so then he's just gonna go on TV. Now, unlike Jason Garrett, who watching him on TV is a You you have secondhand embarrassment? Are you a secondhand embarrassment guy?
1: I've actually never heard that term before, but as you right. mention it, I would probably say, yes, I am.
0: Right. I have crippling secondhand <laughs> embarrassment. I, I would rather be doing something embarrassing than be watching somebody else be doing something that's embarrassing themselves. It, it paralyzes me. So I don't enjoy watching Jason Garrett do television. Uh, I think Canales would be better than that. But Canales is my guy where I watch him and I'm like, yeah, t- tell me more about football. Good looking and well-spoken man. I put, put that on TV. That'll play.
1: Uh, So for your Harbaugh one, I have to remind you of uh, this quote where he said, I'm going to play as long as I can, then coach, then die. So I don't know that. uh
0: (laughs) But 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 Shiel, think about how good that quote would be on television. It'd be amazing, right? I'm not saying he wants to end up on TV. I'm saying when uh, he ends up on TV, it would be unbelievable content.
1: Okay, gotcha. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy I said is sort of the uh, forgotten guy who we haven't mentioned yet. I don't think unless I'm missing it. I am uh, old here. Yeah. Raheem Morris. I mean, I don't have like, you know, a very specific reason for this. It just seems like everybody loves this guy. He's gotten endorsements from Mike Tomlin, Kyle Shanahan, John McVay, Jalen Ramsey. He's coached Aaron Donald. Like I feel, I mean, he has been in the league so long. Raheem Morris must have so many great stories. To tell that if you you know, though if he were willing to share with the public, people would eat, you know, eat them up. I've seen a little bit about uh, of him on podcasts. Entertaining, good energy. Uh feels like he could do it if he wanted to. He's coached offense and defense. He's coached, you know, with uh, again that Shanahan scheme, the McVet, like he he has all he has so much knowledge. He or he has to have so much knowledge uh just in his brain that it feels like he would be able to. I mean, you mentioned like Jason Carrot, like. I'm ready to re- replace him with Raheem Morris like tonight. Are we sure Morris wants to coach? I mean, that feels like right. that would be a big upgrade for everyone. All due respect to Jason Garrett, of course. Uh, so yeah, that that was mine. I felt like, you know, if it doesn't work out in Atlanta, that maybe he could yeah. go. And I could,
0: see, I could see Raheem's head coaching tenure going frustratingly because of like stuff outside of his control, ownership, GM, quarterback, whatever. And so this would be his second time doing a head coaching thing where just like, it's a mess from stem to stern he's like i am so done trying to figure this out i am going and getting three million dollars from cbs to be friendly and cool and i'm like i i appreciate that Raheem Morris. that is an acceptable life direction that's a good choice
1: there you go uh all right let's take one more break and then we'll finish it out with our final question <laughs> All right, we are back on extra point taken. Team most likely to regret not hiring Bill Belichick. Solak, your dream has died. Well, no, I guess it hasn't. Bill Belichick could technically take over a team. He's
0: going to dock in the middle of a season. Uh, All right, he's going to
1: dock. Or. Or there could be something weird where a coach just gets fired in July, August. Listen, it's the NFL. Weird things happen. There could be a health issue. We hope not. Coaches, we hope you stay healthy. There could be a health issue where all of a sudden a team has an opening and Belichick says, all right, I'm in now. So it, your dream is not dead of Belichick winning a playoff we game next to, year, I but framing,
0: it's unlikely. Framing real quick. You say dream. I say like my second take from the week 11 show. <laughs> like I, I... I There's a lot, you're putting a lot more of my chest into this than I put into this.
1: (laughs) Um, So we think Bill Belichick is not going to be in the NFL in Mm 2024. Which team, which fan base, which like, which columnist will come out with the column in like week six? Like, oh my gosh, how did they screw this up? They could have hired Bill Belichick. What do you think? Who's the team that will regret not hiring?
0: When I think of team regrets, not hiring belichick i think of team who like really falls flat on their face as the result of like a young hire and they look back and they're like man if we just brought in like a a veteran good coach who like knows how to maximize players then we could have just with this roster been a lot more reasonable a lot more regular a lot more successful like that's that's the kind of team i'm looking for so guys i landed on the raiders with antonio pierce i i we've talked about pierce a couple of times now um Pierce, for me, like he just he's been a coach for six years at the college or NFL level, right? He was Arizona State linebackers coach, and then he got to the Raiders job. And now he's the head coach of the Raiders. He is such an unknown. And that lack of experience, I like my coach to have a little bit more experience. I do. I don't think it it's because experience is a predictor of being a good coach. I don't. I think it's because experience allows you to connect with enough coaches and connect with enough players to have a network to do the job. I think like the network is important. I and mean, when you haven't been in the field for so long. You're a little bit siloed in your ideas and in your connections. Uh, and so there's a chance Pierce is great. I think he's very much an unknown. Obviously, the players love him. Um, but to me, like, I don't love the Cliff Kingsbury hire. I don't love we need to get Marvin Lewis in here as an assistant head coach. Like, I get why they're doing that. It's just for me, like, OK, if you need an assistant head coach, the guy's probably a year away from being a year away, right? Like, let's just call a spade a spade here. Uh, I disagree with that. I think the
1: Marv- Marvin Lewis thing is perfectly fine. You, you don't have experience yeah. bringing a guy you trust who's done it before so yeah I, I don't have an issue with that part
0: so and marvin was with the team apparently for much of the end of last season right and so uh you know pierce is your interim you need a a a, a voice to just help him kind of manage the day-to-day like here's how you schedule practices here's like you know like here's like not to say like pierce no schedule practices but just like here's some common pitfalls here's some common common traps or whatever so i think marvin's already there and already trusted like i, I don't i don't have a problem with it i just look at this staff right now and i go like i don't i don't look at this and go like wow look at all the good coaches that i love like it's just it that doesn't have that juice for me right now uh and i think like the raiders roster which i know they just had a general manager change over dave ziegler and tom telesco also don't love that uh i, I know they just had a general manager change the roster has like some like it's got max crosby Devonte adams it has pole pieces right and there, there's there's development to be done around it around it there's improvement to be done around it but there's still like there's still good young talent as well and so I don't know. There's a world in which the Raiders are like very embarrassingly bad next year. I think just because Pierce is a little bit in over his head. I'm not hoping for it. I'm rooting for him. I freaking love the guy, but th- this is just my read on the situation. And I think that team might look back and be like, "Man, would have been nice to have a, a Bill Belichick in the building." With that said, like they just fired Josh McDaniels, so I get why they didn't bring in right Bill Belichick. I, I, the Titans are the same thing for me with Brian Callahan, but they just fired Rabel. So I get We why haven't talked
1: about him. Talk yeah. about a guy we haven't talked about the whole episode. Yeah, Brian. He. I guess he is the forgotten guy. I mean, just mm-hmm. as evidence, we didn't bring him up until like the 40th minute of the podcast.
0: Well, he's. I mean, like he. To Brian Callahan, right now, to me, if I were to add a sixth superlative, is my guy <laughs> who could be surprisingly a little bit better than we expect. Uh, uh, in, in year one, I'm not like a like. There's there's some folks who are huge Brian Callahan fans. I'm not like. Woo! On Brian Callahan, he doesn't he doesn't uh, blow, blow my socks off. I don't have that ex- that experience on him. I just like I haven't met the guy. I'm already talked to the guy. I just kind of watched him from afar. Um, what I will say though is that Callahan got his pops, Bill Callahan, to come in and be the offensive line coach. Bill Callahan is a historic and respected offensive line coach. Very good offensive line coach. Or is the in the
1: process? I don't know if that is that is that finalized is,
0: yet, or it looks like a thing that's going to happen. Yeah. It Mary Kay. How do you say it? Cabot? Cabot? Cabot. Yeah. Cabot? uh she has Cabot, re- yeah. she has reported that it's official uh and so like that's it's okay. been like kind of shared, shared whatever um yeah and so uh uh he brought in his pops bill callahan i think it's gonna be really good for that offensive line uh denard wilson who is the ravens defensive backs coach who's a guy that i think is a, a a good future dc i've liked denard wilson he's brought in as their dc like i like the staff callahan's putting together and i think Callahan's a smart cookie and um, so i think I see callahan being better than expectation Pierce, I think, is more likely to come in below expectations. That's why they land for me as the man. We should, we should build Belichick this thing.
1: Yeah, I could see, I could see the Titans having a little bit of like a, a better, tur- a quicker turnaround, maybe into a competitive mm-hmm. team than is expected after losing Frabel. I mean, offensive line coach. Like, if you can nail that higher and get somebody who is just, you know, to use my own cliche, give you more with less, and you're like, you're confident that hey, we don't have all the talent, but he's going to be able to give give us a chance here. I mean, that's like the best hire you can make. And, and and they now have a guy in Bill Callahan who's shown he's able to do that, like an, an all-time offensive line coach. So I think that's huge for them. And uh, yeah, their offense, they just haven't had anything here in recent years. And I'm not saying they got a lot of talent there. They don't, but maybe Brian Callahan can come up with some stuff there. And then you mentioned it on the defensive side of the ball. So I think that's a, a good choice for uh, whatever category you you mentioned a guy who could be a little bit better than people think he could be. Yeah. Was that the category? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like that one. All right. My team most likely to regret not hiring Bill Belichick. I'm going to go with the Washington Commanders. I mean, yeah, I going. guess we should, probably, we should probably talk a little bit more about this process. I know we talked about uh, Dan Quinn, but I, I think this, was, this hire was made after Nora uh, and Steven recorded, I believe. So it sounded like the Commanders wanted Ben Johnson. Targeted, And this is all, you know, various reports. It depends what, you know, we're reading through some spin uh, as we can and trying to figure out what exactly happened here. But it sounded like they wanted Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson, for whatever reason you want to believe, decided to stay in Detroit as the Lions offensive coordinator, which, by the way, huge if you're a Lions fan. I mean, listen, you had a rough last week. But man, we talked about this Monday night, and this was the big takeaway. It was like Lions might not be as good next year because they're losing their offensive coordinator, who seems to be really, really good. Well, now he's coming back. So that's great news for you, uh, Lions fans. Then maybe the commanders were in on Mike McDonald. He ends up going to Seattle uh, instead. Now, Diana Rossini of The Athletic reported that the commanders at least spoke to Bill Belichick and that there was some support in the building to bring in bill belichick so
0: mm-hmm.
1: i'm you know they end up hiring dan quinn i'm wondering like is there a scenario where they don't like you know go out there and hire uh gm adam peters right away and they just say you know what uh bill like the bar to clear here is pretty low uh we have some talent on the roster we have a high draft pick to take a quarterback come in you love an you know annapolis is right down the street here you like the area come in build us into a good, strong, competent team right away. And that they're in the playoffs in 2024 with Bill Belichick. Like, I think that is a pretty realistic scenario uh, that, that could play out here. Now, having said that, Solak, I don't think Dan, like, I feel like Dan Quinn's getting, like, the, there's a little too much Dan Quinn hate. Like, a lot of it based on kind of the last playoff game. Like, he, he evolved as a defensive coach. He coached good defenses in Dallas. He coached some really good teams in Atlanta, like as far as quote unquote retreads go, I don't think this is a bad one. So one thing we have to remember is that NFL teams often don't get their first head coaching hire, and that ends up being the best thing for them. Their their plan yeah. A doesn't work out, and playing, they get end up getting their plan B, and it ends up working out. So um, that's how I feel about Dan Quinn. I don't think it's terrible at the same time. That's, that's the team I look at and said, could this be more interesting with Bill Belichick?
0: I agree. I think that Bel- the commanders and Belichick were kind of always the connection. And the fact that that like never really came to even like smoke fruition, right? Like he's here for an interview and they really like him. Like whatever that that was surprising to me. So I think Washington is like the the the, the sportsbook favorite for like why wasn't Belichick a thing here? I, I brought up the Raiders having the Raiders deserve that mention as well. Yeah, Washington sat search. I, I, this is like kind of when you grade a draft, you want to grade it based off of the process. They said, well, we know about the players at the time, like why do you do things this way? And then later we discover if the players are good or not. And then we have to be like, all right, we all made fun of the Lions draft. Turns out Lions Draft was amazing. Like that's part of how the, the business. Coach is a similar thing. You kind of have to grade the search and then figure out, okay, how good does the coach end up being when he gets there? Search-wise for Washington, this was tough. This this was this was difficult. I think that they were pretty clear they wanted Ben Johnson. And to get Ben to get a phone call from a Detroit area code while you're in the air, all right. To Detroit. And then it's Ben Johnson being like, yeah, I don't want to leave, dude. Uh, that's rough. And then, dude, the 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 hour after that phone call where where the Washington is doing as much damage control as they can. Just every insider is tweeting. Washington executives who are so cool with this, just they're so fine. And and (laughs) saw this coming, actually, are feeling great about interviewing Dan Quinn. Like, BS, no, they're not. There was the report that was like, um, I think Schefter had it where he was like per source uh Washington uh Ben Johnson was that was there his asking price was scared off some teams I think that was that was the framing Ben Johnson asking price scared off some teams and then like 10 minutes later Washington another or tweet it was like Washington could have gotten it if they wanted to because Washington just realized they leaked that they were too poor for Ben Johnson by accident they were like yeah we were a little too cheap for Ben Johnson it, just, it was it was a mess of damage control it was so cool to see uh this was a bad, bad search. This was not, like, it was all over the place. It was haphazard and it lands on Dan Quinn. They might be 10 and seven next year, dude. Like they might get Drake May and Drake May is just Justin Herbert, but faster and they go and they win 14 games. Like, it, you got to kind of talk about the search as it is and then we kind of see how the coaches do and we go from there.
1: Yeah, no, I think that is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, that is well said. All right, have, did, did we hit on all the coaches? Dan Quinn, we talked about, McDonald, we talked about, Morris, Canales, Harbaugh, Callahan, we eventually got to, Pierce, and Mayo. So there you go. Those are our superlatives for this head coaching class. All right. We got to pack. We got to get ready for Super Bowl. Week. How's, how's your pack? You you a good packer? So like, uh, got, wh- what are you bringing? You bringing a big, like, uh, checking a bag, carry-on, backpack. A with week, your Shield. Could you not check a bag? That's a long time. Yeah, you have to check a bag. Oh, yeah. I don't know how you, you young people do. You know, you always brag. Oh, we're minimalists. You know, we're just going with the backpack. Yeah, but I gotta wear a T-shirt clean every day. Shield. What no. are we talking okay. about? Listen, I'm on television. I, all right, let me ask you this: How many uh, hats are appropriate to pack for a uh, handsome Indian bald man? Where the you know the hats are an important accessory? Yeah, I'm obviously. Also, tri- shoes. I would also want to know about shoes. How many? That's tricky. Shoes like, slash is tricky,
0: Right, because like for me, it's just like I just need one or two for like if I'm like doing something real quick. Mm. But like, I, I'm not going to be wearing them when I'm like on camera for you, like more, more consistent. So like, I would probably bring like four to five hats if I were in, in your okay. position where right. I'm, 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 I I'm like wearing that. them on different days. There's nothing I hate more than when I'm on video for two separate days and I'm wearing something similar because I feel like it, ruins continue- like it ruins the cinematic universe, man. You got to look different. <laughs> this is like a cartoon where you wear the same shirt every day. <laughs> Come on now. Um, shoes. I will bring three pairs of shoes. Precisely and that is including
1: the the ones you're you're wearing or not including the ones you're wearing
0: including the ones i'm wearing and it's because they're the same three pairs of shoes that i pack for every business trip ever oh no i'll bring four because i'm going to church on sunday (laughs) i gotta bring church shoes four pairs of shoes all right that makes i gotta gotta bring church shoes i got the divine lineage on sunday and then i'll wear a suit for the Uh, super bowl actually so yeah four shoes
1: all right, so oh, so you you are going suit for Super Bowl, huh? All right, you got so to my younger my younger days, I did. You know, since uh, I've got a little more, a little more casual I, I, for the it, big game, we'll Bowl see. Ba- I,
0: you gotta, it, it's um, it's a little bit of like a you gotta dress good to feel good thing. If I'm sitting there at the Super Bowl mm. feeling high key like an imposter, how did I get here? Why didn't they check my ticket? How did I get in this building? <laughs> I gotta write a piece after this. People are gonna read it. I need to wear a suit so that way I feel like a journalist. <laughs>
1: All right, so all of this is going to fit in your checked bag, or are you going to have a separate bag uh, to carry I'll, on no. to fit some it, of this?
0: I'll Jenga that sucker in a checked bag, no problem, okay. or Tetris, Tetris in a checked bag. Yeah, 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 lock it in. Uh, recording stuff will we'll go in the checked bag. I, I fit a checked bag real nice. I feel very strongly about my packing abilities. I get I get the trunk of a car before a big trip looking real good. I like I, I like a game of Tetris with, with the luggage.
1: And you feel good that you won't be over that 50-pound limit where they'll be saying, grab some jeans. And mm-hmm. throw them in your laptop bag like happened to me uh, last year at the oh, yeah? Philadelphia International Airport.
0: I think I, I want some irrational confidence <laughs> with no with with no uh, logical basis. I think I could pick up a suitcase in my right hand and tell you the weight of it within like three or four pounds. <laughs> I really th- I think I could. I think I could. I, I and it's, this is nice when I, uh, uh, you know, that like, you know, the, the clock app on your phone, you know, the timer app where you can like scroll the scroll the 60 seconds on the iPhone. You know what I'm talking about? I do. Yeah, yes. I can spin that and get within any number you want within like two or three numbers. All right? I I like being able to estimate. It's fun.
1: All right, this found this sounds like some social media opportunities <laughs> from Las Vegas. What uh, about what okay, well now, now I got to
0: ask you. How am I bringing too many sho- how many shoes are you bringing? One shoe? This you can't got to bring one shoe, you got to bring two shoes.
1: No, I mean I think I will probably bring uh, three pairs of shoes. Three pairs of shoes, four to five hats sounds right. Uh, I don't know, you know, I don't I like to overpack. I don't like to be I'm never 100%. in a place this long. A week I don't overpack. like to be there and not have something that I wanted to have. So I will overpack. I if you see if, if anybody is in Philadelphia and sees a man, you know, opening his suitcase and throwing random stuff into his backpack because he's over the limit uh for the checked bag, that will be me. So yeah, that's what I gotta work on in the next couple days here. All right. Good good thing to end it on packing. If you have any tips. If you have any comments, feedback, go ahead and let us know. Or better yet, just go on our YouTube channel, Ringer NFL, and leave comments there. All right, that will do it. A little programming note here. Dual Threat with Nora and Steven will be Monday night from Vegas after opening night. So a little change. And then Solak and I will be back Tuesday. You will have shows every day next week on this feed. Some fun stuff playing. So looking forward to all of that. All right. Thank you to Solak. Thank you to Cliff Augustine for producing Eduardo Ocampo for the video production and additional production supervision by Connor Evans and Arjuna Ramgopal. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will talk to you next week from Las Vegas.
0: 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, one stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one 800 gambler don in west Virginia, or call one 800 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800 5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts, or call one 877 hope ny or text HOPE-NY in New-